Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are excited to talk about some baseball and some softball, maybe a little bit of track and field and some golf. We can't wait till we, we get into some stuff. Um, but before I do, I have to bring in Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? Chuck, what's up, man? Not much. What about you? Oh, nothing. Just sitting out here on my porch. Uh rocking in the uh are you watching airplanes old rocking old rocking chair out here no there ain't no airplanes oh. but uh i feel like i'm living my best country song life right, right now you know what i'm saying right. okay so, well lane i gotta ask you i know you're not really a cubs fan but did you see the drew smiley perfect game how it how it ended no okay what happened? So he had a perfect game going almost to the ninth inning. It was eight point two innings. Perfect game going. Um, I forget who it was. Uh, did a swing and bunt, and it went down the third baseline. Drew Smiley fields it and gets tackled by his own catcher and ends the perfect game. Well, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. What, what are you? He. Who is the catcher? Oh, uh, gosh. It just left me. It's uh, Gomes. Jan Gomes. Jan really wanted that ball, well, huh? I, I, he realized that he tried to jump out of the way when he realized uh, Drew was going for it, but it was too late. Man, that's an unfortunate way. That's a Southern Miss way to lose a perfect right. game. You know what I'm saying? And they drew. They. <laughs> they uh, zoomed in on drew smiley and he's just got like this look on his face like i cannot believe that just happened <laughs> yeah uh, insane yeah it, yeah not uh not ideal for sure not the way i'd almost rather somebody just hit a home run off of me to end it right like just oh a hundred percent not on i miss yeah. i miss my spot he smashed it it is what it is i'll fix it next time or your your own player tackling yeah you. You know, I'll, I'll I'll send you the YouTube. Yeah, video. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, man, you feeling all right? Know. You said you're not you you under the weather a little bit. I I am under the weather. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow at eight. I got the chills and they're multiplying. I got a headache and a fever, and I'm just uh, cuddled up under some blankets here at the house. And uh, I approve of that. Hopefully. I approve yeah. of that uh, grease reference. That there. grease reference. Yeah. Thank you. Pate, you're sipping out of a new cup, dude. Pate's got his camera on. Pate, turn your mic on. Where'd you get your cup? Did you Did you just call Pate a simp? I don't know. Where'd you get your cup? <laughs> what are you talking about? I've had this. I don't know. I like it. In fact, Chuck has an identical one. I do. Pate bought it for me for a social worker appreciation month. That's why sure I did. didn't get one. So... <laughs> We gotta start Do you drink out of videos, your videos, man? Because all the listeners right now are wondering what does this cup say? What, what? what is it's, Lane talking it's about? It's got a baseball. It's got our USM logo on it. It looks like a baseball. I like yeah. it. I would drink out of that cup. You can buy them at Campus Bookmark. Not a sponsor. 
Yeah, not not a sponsor. Shout out to we we love we love her. (laughs) We 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 do. We just gave we just gave them free advertising. Actually, I do. Well, yeah, she's awesome. she really is. Like we've known her for a long time. She's helped out a lot of our our patients before at hospice. So we yeah. We we give her a shout out anytime she's we can. Yeah, shout out great. to Miss Kathleen over yeah. at Campus Bookmark. Yeah. She is she's awesome. The best. She really is. Mm-hmm. So. Well, speaking of awesome and all that, Lane, you have a good friend of yours on. I do. Uh, that's going to be our guest tonight. So, won't you introduce the lovely gentleman? Well, I brought in. Actually, people say that Ben Jones and I look alike, like we could be brothers. So I brought in my look-alike here, my, my doppelganger, my twin, however you want to say it, uh, Ben Jones. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, what's up, what's fellas? Up, what's up, fellas? Happy to be here. I can't believe you're going to allow Lane to say y'all look alike. I mean, that's just... Dude, all through college, people thought we were brothers. Seriously. Yeah. It's, a, it's a true story. It's a true story. We got confused quite a bit. We did. Did they Did they ever call you each other? Yes. They called yes. me Ben. I don't know if they called yeah. him Lane, but... Did you ever correct them? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he did. But, but, but what's funny is we have similar personalities also, and so... It's like, oh yeah, the fun guy with the with the beard. It's like, yeah, Lane. Yeah. Like, no, Ben. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, 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 you would definitely well, be the fun what guy was, with the beard. What was ironic was we both came into Southern Miss, and both of us were like, we have similar body builds. We always have, but we both came into Southern Miss, and we were both dudes with like really dark color hair, about the same hair length, and no beards. And then I can't remember who grew it first. It was probably Ben, but one of us grew a beard and then the other one grew a beard. And so we still looked alike. So Ben, I got to say, man, as a man, uh, that's a nice beard, brothers. You, you, you do. He's good. got a solid beard. He does have a solid beard. It's, it's taking some time to get here. I assure you. Yeah. It didn't happen <laughs> overnight. No doubt. He is a golden Eagle fan through and through too, guys. I see him at the peak. Literally, I feel like Ben and I cross paths every single time I go to the Pete. <laughs> We're there yeah. a lot. Al- so. Always walking in across the street. Yep. Yeah, For we sure. apparently no have the same parking spot and same schedule because we literally walk across the street a lot together. Unplanned. Uh-oh. Just, oh, hey, Ben. Lane sits in his car until he sees you, then he gets out and he runs to get you. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's about the bottom of the first inning is whenever we see each other crossing that's, the street. Got that's true. We're, we're late every time. That's why. Yeah. We're late every Lane's time. Lane's got that slow strut going. Hey, but you got, you know what, Chuck, though? It's superstitious, man. You know? I got it's, you. Yeah. Hey, it's only crazy if it doesn't work, right, Ben? No doubt. I'm not superstitious, but... I'm I am a little stitious. Yeah, there you go. I feel like we're just, <laughs> man, we're just dialing up the office tonight. Pate Pate's on his eight. No hand. doubt. Well, yeah, always. Well, ben, we ask all of our guests uh, the same couple questions here, and we'll ask it to you first. Tell us why are you an everyday eagle? Yeah, so I appreciate the question, fellas, and it needs to probably be on the record that I wasn't always a Golden Eagle fan. Um, I grew up in Alabama, 
And so, unfortunately, I grew up a fan of a rather large school there that's been on quite a run the last probably decade and a half. And so, we won't we won't mention them. Uh, and so, I uh, but I became a fan over time, and I'm a hundred percent a fan by choice. Um, I uh, after several years of school here, uh, one degree you only need. You only need one degree, even though it takes you eight years to get through school. Uh, but uh, just after several years of, of school and being in Hattiesburg, you really just grow to love the team that you're around all the time. And I think what sort of happened is that you begin to realize that no one respects you as a Southern Miss fan. Like you're always the underdog. You're always counted out. Everybody always doubts you. Uh, the big, ugly SEC schools think that they're better than you. And so that really plays right into my personality um, with a big sort of uh, uh, the PG version is, you know, buzz off. Uh, and so I think I think after after so much time, you really just begin to embrace really the grit of Southern Miss um, and how we always play up. You know, we do more with less over and over again. And so um, I think that really embodies me as a person. Uh, and so I'm an everyday eagle because uh, I freaking love it and I and I can't stop. I don't know how to stop. And it's sometimes sad, uh, but I'm, I'm thrilled to be one and I will never be anything else. There you go. There you go. Perfect answer. I think that might be that's one of my favorite answers we've had to that question, guys. That's a good one, Ben. Uh, what, what grow, growing up in Alabama? And- no, just, just the whole, like, you know, it just kind of appeals to the chip on your shoulder mentality of like, you know, this is, and we've actually had several people talk about like that type of grit spirit kind of embodies who they want to be, you know? And so for sure, I think it really resonates with a lot of us. Um, no doubt. then our next question is what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? All right, so it's not possible for me to answer with just one, so I'm going to cheat. Uh, so, so I have two. Number one is the uh, the double relay uh, to win the conference championship in 2016 uh, against Rice. Uh, be, being at that game in that atmosphere, thinking what what in the world? Why did he cut that off? Um, and then. Uh, Nailing him at the plate to win it, I, I think will will forever go down as one of the greatest moments in history of Southern Miss sports for sure. It's the Chucky Robinson spike for me that just—that's right. It just it like it just pulls on your heartstrings. That's right, and so that that's the that one was uh, was top for years, and then. Uh, I think though last year's regional here at Pete Taylor Park was as an atmosphere you couldn't beat it, and so they're they're not the same thing because w- one was like a moment in time, like like the double relay, the suspense, and the other one was an entire weekend of like really high emotion, like absolute incredible stress, like coming from behind, like playing from behind, beating LSU, like. All of it, the culmination of that, um, whenever we dogpiled on our old field, was 
you, you just couldn't beat it, you know, especially sending LSU home was just a cherry on top. Um, so it was, so, so those would be my two. Uh, and so I, don't make me choose. <laughs> it just like both of those answers though, to me, they have one thing in common and it is, you know, it look, it, it goes back to what you talked about earlier about how, like, you know, you're doubted a lot of times as a Southern Miss mm-hmm. fan, you get told, well, why'd you choose them? Well, no, who's your real favorite team though? Like who's your big school favorite team? And I, like, you've heard that your whole life. And those were two moments where I feel like we punched an opponent in the mouth that used to beat up on us. Not necessarily. I feel like LSU represented the sec elite as a whole and we got to punch it in the mouth, but then rice, you know, how many times has Rice broken our heart in baseball over and over okay. and over, and then finally we get the chance to throw a punch back? And so those oh, are yeah. good answers, definitely. So, well, Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Do you live here in town? What do you do? Give us give us a little, little introduction to Ben Jones, the person here. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate that. I'm a pretty straightforward guy. Um, I do live here in Hattiesburg. Uh, my wife and I live in Midtown, and um, we actually are, we live very close to Miss Kathleen, actually, from Campus Bookmart. I know you were giving her some uh, love earlier on the show, so I figured I'd echo that a little bit. Uh, but uh, my wife and I live here, and uh, we lived in Hattiesburg since we came to school here. That would have been way back in 2007. Um, don't ask when I graduated. You can do some math. It was a lot of years. Uh but, uh, but yeah, we live here. Um, I work for a company called Rare Design. It's a branding agency here in town. And uh, we've actually done a lot of work in the sports world. Um, so Rare Design is actually responsible for the Southern Miss logo, um, responsible for several NBA teams um, and several collegiate teams as well. Um, so I specifically am the account director there. Um, but practically what that means is I'm the relationship guy. And so that comes from, um, that ranges anywhere from internal relationships to managing the team, um, and managing like our internal processes, but then also, uh, expands beyond that into client relationships as well. So any type of, uh, business development, um, a lot of that comes from, is in my wheelhouse, my responsibility, developing proposals, scoping out work. Uh, building brands for whether it be a team or a business local uh, that we work with. Um, But all all of that falls in uh, my responsibility. The one thing that I don't do is actually design the logos. Uh, That is for for everyone else. Um, I always tell people that if if I'm designing your logo, then we've made some huge mistakes. Uh, But uh, but yeah, no, I I freaking love it. I think that is an organization that also embodies uh, Southern Miss grit pretty well. Also seems to have always done more with less uh, throughout its entire history. And so I'm thankful to be there. Um, I love doing what I do. I love the people that I work with. I love the clients that we work with. Uh, I've got to do some really cool stuff. Um, and it's been a, it's been a blast. So I, I think, I think one thing that is cool about it is that I always carry the connection to Southern Miss through the knowledge of like the brand and the realization that, you know, our organization is the one that built the identity for USM. And so it's kind of like the cherry on top of my career was just like, yeah, you know, I work for the company that did the Eagle, like let's freaking go, you know? (laughs) 
So it's fun. It's fun. That's awesome. That's all. That sounds like a really exciting like field to be in. You get to meet a lot of really cool people. That sounds really cool. Oh, for sure. You meet all sorts of people. Um, some days it's not as glamorous as you would think, but some days it really is kind of cool. Um, but every day is a little bit different. Every client's a little bit different. Um, I've worked with some really big clients. Um, they're not so fun. And I've worked with some really big clients that are a whole lot of fun. And so it really just ranges. Um, at the end of the, at the end of the day, people are people. Um, there's good ones and bad ones. And a lot of what we do helps navigate those relationships to truly build like the right identity for the teams. And so it's, it truly is a blast. Well, that's awesome, Ben. We'd uh, love to hear more about that soon, man. Um, well, I think I hear a doorbell or knock at the door. Or, um, that nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. Sounds, there's nobody at the door. Sound, we don't have the sale bite. The sa- sounds a little bit weird considering I've been talking. Really well. That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's been in the but room yet, the whole time, people. But yes, spoiler. I've been here the whole time, you know. Yeah. But regardless, you know, Sipping it's mailbag cool cup. It's just watching <laughs> us. He's not. He's not. He's not in my room, Lane. Is he in yours? No, he's in the, <laughs> stu- the studio. You know what I mean. Oh lord! I told you there was somebody behind you looking out your window. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's well, ghost uh, space. <laughs> hey, do we have any mailbag questions? We we sure do. We've actually got a couple of questions today. Hot damn! Oh. So. Hey. Yes, we've got a couple of questions coming in from Jason Collip. First question that he has for us is, which MLB baseball stadium do you want to visit and why? And it can't be one that you've been to before. Okay. I want to hear Chuck's answer because he actually has a – he's got a list going. Well, yeah, my my goal is to go to every Major League ballpark – if you ever come to my house, I have like an entire room. In fact, I'm, I've been working on it last week of nothing but like baseball memorabilia. Um, and so I've got one wall that I have frames for every team um, that I've, I've visited so far. I'll take a picture of my friends. But um, I don't want to pick an easy target. So I'm going to pick one that you'll probably won't think, um, think about. So we had Are you a going to say the Oakland Athletics, right? No, now? I have been there. I have been there. <laughs> I have been to San Francisco and Oakland, and uh, San Francisco is beautiful. Uh, that ballpark is anyway, not so much the streets of San Fran, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I I had a, a a professional major league baseball scout um, on our services, and I won't give too much information about him. So, um, but I asked him. I was like, "Where is the most beautiful ballpark?" that you've ever been to or that you'd want to go back to or whatever. And he said Cincinnati Reds had the most beautiful ballpark of all major league. So now I don't know if that's true because I've never been there, but going off what he said, I would definitely love to love to visit. Very cool. Ben, what about you? Um, so this is a pretty tough question. I've had the privilege to see a few parks, um, but I do think that uh, I'd like to go to see the Royals play at Kaufman. Oh yeah, um, I think I think would be uh, would be probably the prettiest one. 
Um, I'd love to go to St. Louis and see Bush, but I think if you had to force me to pick, I'll take the Fountains. I like it. Pate. Cool. Um, I would have to say I'd have to go to uh, Truist in Atlanta. I've never been there. Um, my parents are actually uh, – <laughs> I can't take you seriously. Lane's a big Braves fan, so he's doing the I, chop. I couldn't tell. Like, apparently Ben is too. So is Ben. <laughs> yeah. so is ben. Go Cubs! Y'all are outnumbered. Let's, let's go, <laughs> screw Wrigley. Wrigley is Wrigley is beautiful, man. <laughs> oh man, shots fired in this one. Um, but yeah, I've I've never been um, to Truist. My family. Uh, my mom and dad, before they had me, they would actually go to a lot of uh, Braves games because they were actually lived in Atlanta for a good while after they got married. Um, and of course, that was all previous or uh, prior to me. And so, but yeah, I'd really want to go to Atlanta, go to Truist. Um, that's actually on uh, Katie and Mai's list to go over there, actually, hopefully in the next year or so. No doubt. You can get cheap tickets to the Braves. You can. Yeah. Now, I uh, before Lane goes, I do want to do some bragging, some humble bragging. Um, my nephew, when he was 12 years old, we wanted to take him to do something special uh, for his 13th birthday. And so we took my nephew and Dirty's nephew. And a few years before that, I had met the director of or the VP of operations at um, an event I went to. And we became friends. Her name was Jan White. And so we took my nephew, Chance, and his nephew, Bryson, and we went to um, Atlanta. And, man, we got to go on the field, and uh, we met Freddie Freeman. Met At that point, with Freddie Gonzalez, um, Jace Peterson. Uh, the only one we didn't get to meet was Dansby. He wasn't playing yet. Um, but, man, we had a blast. We got to go down after the game and watch the fireworks from the field. Um, we had VIP passes. We could go just about anywhere. We were sitting right behind home plate. Man, she made that – birthday spectacular for my nephew wow that's fantastic does she do birthdays for 34 year olds i've well, got a uh, birthday coming up currently i'm slightly jealous of your nephew right now i'm gonna be honest unfortunately she left the braves um about i think it was 2019 and now works for the atlanta falcons mm. so uh, yeah i got you well that's awesome all right, so what's interesting here, I kind of did this on purpose. I've been to a pretty good bit of ballparks in my time. I had a very active mm-hmm. youth group growing up, and we went to a lot of baseball parks, so I've been to a bunch. Mm-hmm. I was curious of everybody else's answer to see if there were any answers y'all had that I had been to, and conversely, if my answer, if anybody <laughs> else had been there, did and you, both of those have happened. Did you just say conversely? <laughs> yeah, I think I used I that, love right? it. I don't know. That word, in, word anyway, of the day, toilet paper, is coming out handy. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> both of those things have happened here because my answer is I want to see a game uh, in San Francisco. Never been there, seen it on TV. I remember watching Barry Bonds hit homers into McCovey Cove. Always wanted to see it for myself in person and never – Got a chance to go there. And actually, I've never been to the state of California. Uh, you're not missing much on that. But San Francisco. I've, I've always wanted to go, though. Beautiful. 
You know, I've always wanted to go. I mean, I'd like to see the Dodgers, too, yeah. or the Padres. Yeah. I mean, all of them, any of those California teams, but I think San Fran's up at the top of my list yeah. on those just because I grew up watching Barry Bonds hit homers in the McCovey Cove, and I always wanted to see it in person. So what's interesting is, Chuck, you've been there. I have. So we Is it as awesome as I oh, think it's going to be? It is absolutely. I mean, it's beautiful. If, if I hadn't have been there – there, Fenway probably would have been my pick. Um, yeah. I uh, So we went with a group of friends to San Francisco, went to Alcatraz, all that. Uh, went to the Oakland Athletics. They didn't keep you in Alcatraz? They did not. <laughs> if you ever get the chance to go to Alcatraz, do it, though. It's so good. Um, but we got to watch the 2016 Chicago Cubs play the Giants, and there was one run scored that game. It was 1-0 to zero was the final score. Do you know who hit in? The uh, go ahead RBI or the run. I'm I'm gonna say the, Chris yeah, the Cubs. The Cubs lost. So I'll say that. Oh, uh, Barry? No, no, no he, wasn't, he wasn't there. Uh-uh. Uh, Hunter Pence, Madison Bumgarner got the only. That was not gonna be my no, Got the only RBI <laughs> of the whole game. You could have given me twenty guesses <laughs> and I wouldn't get that one. And right. now he's not even playing. So. I don't think. I think he got. Yeah, they sent him down. Yeah. They designated him for assignment after he cussed out William Contreras and then <laughs> got shelled in the same game. I'm all right with him so, cussing William out. No, no, that's Wilson. He, Wilson, not William. That he did. So, or it was Wilson. It was the one that's for the Cubs oh, or the Cardinals. It's yeah, the it's one Wilson, you're thinking of. Wilson. Yeah. He left. I us get them both mixed and up. And went to our enemy. Yeah. So, San Fran would be my answer. But what's interesting is, uh, well, Pate said truest, and I think all three of us have been the truest mm-hmm. other than Pate on here. It's awesome. It's my favorite one, but I'm massively biased in saying that. It reminds yeah. me uh, a little bit of Wrigley because, I mean, it's right smack dab in the middle of, like, apartments and shops. and Yeah. Like, it's not downtown Atlanta. Like, it's in a nice – I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. Yeah. Yeah, the and battery is pretty sick. It is. Too. It is. Yeah, it's it's fun. And uh, Ben Ben mentioned St. Louis, and I've been to a game at Bush, and then you said the Cubs or the, the, Reds. the Reds, and I've been to a game there too. Yeah. And I'll be honest, man, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't looking at the right thing, but I wasn't yeah. blown away by either one of them. <laughs> I don't know why. Like the ones that stand out in my head of the games I've been to. Obviously, I said Truist was my favorite, but after that, I'd say it was probably Fenway, Camden Yards, and uh, Wrigley. Yeah. Those have been my favorites. No doubt. Wrigley. Camden Yards is beautiful in Baltimore yeah. if you ever get a chance. For sure. Um, but I don't know what it was. Some, nothing really jumped off the page to me about – now, granted, it might have just been a bad ball game I was watching. To, like You know, it might have been some boring game or something, and I just yeah. – I don't know, but for whatever reason, neither one of those just – a lot of people talk talk about them and, and love them and stuff, yeah. but I've been to them, and apparently I missed the hype well, part of those I, I really think it's because at the time, Dusty Baker was the manager, and he and Dusty Baker were best friends. I remember sitting there one day, and Joe Torrey called him on the phone. He put it on speaker. So the man had legends calling him regularly. And – be, so, Ben, something you need to know about Chuck here, he has famous friends, and he just casually brings it up on the show. <laughs> like, we found out last week, literally, just a casual 
Oh, yeah, I met this guy. Henry Rowan Gardner. Remember him off of uh, Rookie of the Year? Of course. Garden yeah. Hoser. Yeah, Garden Hoser, you know. Uh, Chuck's met him and, like, has texted the guy, and the guy, like, has sent videos to him for his nephew and stuff. Like, Chuck's friends with famous people. Just a few, not a whole just, lot. I mean, he just casually spits them out, and I'm over here like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, just – well. Well, Lane, didn't you work for the Ravens? So do you know, do you I have did. Ed Reed's number on the phone? <laughs> no, I didn't save any of their numbers. The only, the only number I got saved in my fold for when I worked in Baltimore was the long snapper because he and I got along really well. He was a rookie long snapper. And like two years ago, I was watching a, a Bears game, and I saw him, and he was their long snapper, and I shot him a text, and he responded back and was like, hey, man, cool, you know. Baltimore has a football team? Of, of all the people. <laughs> the long yeah, snappers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Nice. That's, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Was Mike uh, Wallace there when you were there? No, he wasn't. Ed Reed was there. Uh, Ray Rice was there. That was before he punched his oh, yeah. wife. He was still playing football. Uh, Ray Lewis was there. Flacco was there. Anquan Bolden was there. It was a pretty cool, good little squad. Nice. So, yep, long snappers, only one that I actually swapped phone numbers with. All the other ones, I just – I think I was too intimidated to swap numbers with them, you know? Like, I don't know what it was. Yeah, shoot Whatever. your shot, man. I know. I could have been best buddies right now with Ed Reed. Could have been. Could have been. Could have. Well, Pate, was there any other mailbag questions? Yes. So we had a second one from Jason. He asked, what is one current baseball rule that you would change? Um, And he did not specify, you know, NCAA or MLB. So I guess we'll stick with the theme of MLB if we could change one. I mean, are we including the new rules they just enacted? Because I'd like to change all of them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which like, one? Uh, all. I feel like we talked about them that like the other day, though. We did. If I'm going with an old rule, all right. So I think I've made my stance pretty clear on how I feel about like the shift mm-hmm. and the pitch clock and all. Not in favor of either one. So I'm gonna just go to like an old school, like normal baseball game. You know, take out all the rules they've been changing. And if you go back, like, say, three years ago before they started putting in some of these rules, the rule I would change in a regular game of baseball is I would make it to where a foul ball bunt would not be a strike three. And the reason why is I value small ball, and I'd like to see them keep attempting the bunt even after two strikes. I mean, if it's a situation where the bunt helps you, why not let them keep going for it? Would it be like a courtesy foul or? It'd be like any foul. Or would like their next foul ball, like if you keep fouling them off. I mean, if you're fouling them off, it's like hitting a foul ball. That's the way I see it. I don't know. I see what you're saying. It's easier to foul off a bunt than if you're swinging, but still – That'd be the thing I'd change just so that the bunt stays on whenever people are trying to and you keep the mm-hmm. the play alive. I don't know, Chuck. I mean, I don't, like, lose sleep over the fact that people foul out on bunts. I'm not, like, you know, I'm not, like, bothered or triggered by that. But 
if I have to pick a rule to change, I guess that would be it if it wasn't changing, you know, the rules I've already stated that I hate that they've currently put in. Ben, what about you? All right. So I don't know that I would change a rule, but I'm going to give you a new rule. Mm-hmm. All right. It can be MLB or NCAA. Okay. And I think Southern Miss fans would really like this one. So once once per game, a coach can choose to have a do-over. And so the hitter, let's say it's two outs, bases loaded, there's a batter up, strikes out. All right, well, if the coach wants to, he gets one do-over per game. And that Mulligan. hitter – that hitter gets to take a full at bat again. Not just a strike. It's not 3-2 again, but he gets a full at bat again. And, and he can pitch hit. He can do whatever he wants to um, for that extra at bat. That, that's what I would like to see because, goodness gracious, um, wouldn't that be something? Ben got so much more creative than I did with that question. <laughs> well, I mean, just think. Think about it, you know, not not just from Southern Miss's perspective. Like, obviously, we see it a good bit, but anyone else, you know, you get a guy in a key situation and, you know, let's say they, um, you know, they hit a lazy fly ball or they sting one right at somebody. You're like, man, they really seeing the ball really well right now. Like, I want to do over uh, to see, you know, if your best hitter th- – oh, think about the World Baseball Classic. You had Otani versus Trout, bottom of the ninth, right? So if you could get a do over, like – yeah, I'd, I'd want to see Trout play, you know, face Otani again. Let's see if he can strike him out. Like, that'd be sick. Um, and, you know, it might, yeah. uh, might might keep us out of some really frustrating situations. <laughs> Two of the world's best baseball players facing each other in the World Baseball Classic. Could yeah, you imagine probably, if they played on the same team? Yeah, you'd think that team would be pretty good, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think they'd be like – World Series champs every year. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> I saw a, I saw like a meme about that after that at bat. I just – I laughed. I, I, I got a good laugh out of that. Could you imagine if these two dudes were on the same team? So, yeah, and they stink. They're terrible. All right. Pate, what rule would you change? Um – well, I, for me, I'm kind of, and I'm going to break my own rule here because I just said it. Um, I'm thinking more of like the NCAA um, when it comes to a rule change. The pickoffs, you know, at first base, oh my gosh. I, I mean, I'm sure if you've been to Pete Taylor Park, you've seen, you know, opposing pitchers going left and right, like, they throw I've seen some pitchers throw more to first base than to even home plate. You know, it's it's crazy. So I I would love to implement that rule. Um, you know, maybe three three attempts and then, you know, uh what what was it considered in the MLB? Is it considered it a maybe it was a balk if you yeah. if you attempt it three times, times unsuccessfully. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you attempt it three times unsuccessfully, it's a balk. Okay. For I me, I would probably do that for the NCAA. Um, it that's may just, be heading that way, Pete. It may be, and <laughs> I, you know, MLB I sure. Right hope, now. I, I mean, I'm just sick of it. You know, I'm sure plenty of Pete Taylor Park fan, 
you know, fans out there, Golden Eagle fans can agree with me on that one. We're just sick of it. You know, especially like when you're trying to get like Etzel or, you know, one of our, one of our guys out there. I mean, I'm just, I'm sick of it. That's just how I see it. So there you go. And Chuckles, what do you got? Mine's not necessarily a new rule. It's more of a clarification of an old rule. Um, and mm. that, what's a ball well, that, that too. Yeah, <laughs> is that that too. What is I don't ball? know what a ball is. Bonk, bonk, bonk. <laughs> Who knows? Um, no. And, and the game I'm specifically thinking about lane and Ben, y'all probably remember this paid. I'm sure your girlfriend, Katie remembers this, but the infill fly rule, Chipper Jones last game and the, the, Oh yeah. The uh, shortstop, mm-hmm. I forget who it was, was like, you know, halfway into the outfield and the umpire called infill fly. So, to me, it shouldn't be an info fly if you're deep in the grass. I think there should be so many feet, but I don't Mm -hmm. think I don't think it should be that. Thoughts? Y'all remember that game? Yeah, it should probably just be. I remember that game. (laughs) It should probably just be the infield. You would think, huh? Well, the the shortstop ran out there, uh, but he dropped the ball. But the umpire had called a a, a infield fly rule. I have hated the Cardinals to this day because exactly. of that call. I can't let – it was the 2012 wild yeah. card game. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. I threw my remote control. It was. I mean, everybody threw everything <laughs> on the field. Yeah, they did. So just just clarification on when does it necessarily become an info fly? Because I feel like even if he would have dropped mm-hmm. it – I'm um, out there on purpose. Like I don't know if they could have. He could have got a double play. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of surprised, Chuck. I figured your answer would be like the opposing coach has the ability to make a pitcher throw with his non-dominant hand. For oh, no, one ba- no. I like make a batter like flip over and hit with is. his non-dominant like side. <laughs> Take a righty and make him hit lefty. This at bat. Well, you know, Sergeant got yelled out mm. twice today uh, for stepping out of the batter's box, and one of the coaches got ejected. So. Um, mm. but that's something yeah. that we may consider. Like, give the batters a chance to to step out and regroup, and but that mm. slows down the game, Chuck, and we can't upset these guys who don't watch right. baseball anyway because it's slow. Mm-hmm. Slow motion for me, uh, Pate. Is there any other questions? No, that is it for this week. Uh, thank you to Jason Collip for sending in this question. If anyone is ever interested in sending in a question for us to answer on the podcast, uh, yeah, we'll answer just about anything. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. Uh, feel free to send us a message there. You can also email us at everydayeaglespodcast at gmail.com, and we will be more than happy to answer your questions live on Unless the they come from someone named Anonymous, and then Pate won't have anything to do with them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. We'll, have we'll put that in a that. blooper reel but, or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we will. We we sure will, but Speaking that's all the questions. <laughs> and also, if you want to... <laughs> Also, if you want to be uh, a guest on the show, yeah, reach out to us any of those yeah. ways, and we'll be glad to have you. Um, seriously, like no podcast or radio or any experience required. Um, just bleed black and gold. That's all black you need. Black and yellow, black and yellow. And you're welcome on the show anytime. 
Yeah, thanks, Thank Pete. you, Pete. Y'all ready you, to dive into the into some Golden Eagle athletics? Let's do it. All right. Holy cow! All right, Chuck. What Golden Eagle this past week made you say? Well, holy you cow? know, we we going into the weekend, we didn't think there was going to be a whole lot of holy cow moments. Um, and then Sunday happened. Uh, reminds me of that poem, but Sunday's coming, you know. Um, I'm going to give it to somebody that came off the bench and provided a much needed spark. I think he hit a home run today and um, maybe a, a double or RBI. And I think he did something yesterday, too, didn't he? Uh, well, Mr. Tate Parker gets my holy cow. For you to come off, yes, Tater. Tater, for you to come off the bench and. Uh, you really haven't played a whole lot, you know, this week. Um, to be able to take that guy yard and and get some good contact on the ball, so I'm, I'm gonna give it to Tate. You know, Scott says all the time the the first nine that start the game may not be the nine that finish the game, and and that's a, a good example. You got to be ready. Yeah, just to expand on that a little bit, Tate Parker on Sunday, two for three at the plate with a home run and a double. And he ended the day with two RBIs and two runs scored. So, who did um, he come in yeah. for? Was it Peyto? Big day. Yeah. Yeah, Peyto uh, okay. tweaked his hamstring, I think, and he came in. So, yeah, big day for for Tate. That's a good answer. Ben, what Golden Eagle athlete made you say "Holy cow!" this past week? Yeah, so I I'm I'm probably with you guys here. Um, but bef- before I get real specific, I-, I think we need to give a shout out to the to the baseball team as a whole. Um, the way our team battled after being down so much in both the Friday and the Saturday games was really a demonstration of that Southern Miss grit that we kind of talked about the whole show. Um, and so we obviously didn't have our best stuff on the mound, but we just didn't quit. Like this team just does not quit. And so I, after we blew the lead earlier today, Sunday, it would have been real easy for the team to sort of give up after sort of the Friday and Saturday that we had had. Um, but yeah, we hung in there. And so the whole, the whole team deserves big kudos for that. But as far as the guy that probably impressed me the most, like I've got to say, um, Chase Adams, um, with his relief appearance on Saturday, like I know he gave up a couple of runs, but his breaking ball, holy cow. Like when you look at that thing break from the batter's box over the plate, uh, that dude's special. Um, and so I'm, I'm really pumped about, you know, seeing him get some more innings. Um, if he can, if he can limit the walks, then I think he's got a super bright future. Um, but he was really impressive in a time that we really needed him. So I'm going to give the holy cow to Chase Adams. Yeah, the breaking ball was really working for him right there. Five Ks on that appearance there. So um, Coach Barry was high on him before the year. He talked a lot about him. He's a He was an incoming transfer, and he was high on him. So that's a big one. That's a good one. Where did he transfer from? Was uh, it Ilwamba? He, uh, let's see here. He's from Illinois. Uh, let's see. Well, he's listed as a freshman. Maybe I got the transfer thing wrong. Maybe he just came. Oh, normal university high school. He didn't transfer. He's a freshman. Uh, there you go. Which is even more impressive. 
So, yep, from Normal, Illinois. So, I feel like a place called Normal is probably not very normal, huh? So, I don't know. I feel like I'm being like Tim on home improvement right now. I well, need to be. <laughs> we, we've got a good pipeline coming from up there from the guys we've yeah. had over the last couple of years. Um, so whatever we're doing up there, we need to keep doing. Keep getting them. Keep getting them. Yeah, something about like a Southern Miss baseball team. You look at them and you got kids from Mobile, from Louisiana, from Mississippi, and then from like Minnesota and Illinois. And that's our baseball program. <laughs> you right. know, and, and the ones from Minnesota and Illinois are usually really, really good too. So it's, I don't know, it's just kind of funny how all that works out. So uh, I'm going I'm to swap sports here, guys. My holy cow player uh, is, and I hope I get the name right here, Samia Colby. Um, she is a, she's a member of our track team. She broke the school record at the Crimson Tide Invitational over the weekend. She she's competes in the 800-meter dash, and her time was 2 minutes and 6 seconds. Uh, it's a personal best, but it also replaced a school record of 2 minutes and 7 seconds, which was set by Sandra Sapat at the, at the exact same event last year. So, um Guys, something about that Crimson Tide Invitational running the 800 there. I don't know what it is, what they do over there, but uh, we've set school records at it now two years in a row on the 800-meter dash. And uh, so congratulations to Samia right there on, on the new school record. I don't know that I could run 800 meters, period. It, so for those that don't know, that's two laps on a track. So, very tiring. So, for her to run, so basically she ran two laps on a track in two minutes and six seconds. So, that's booking it. Pretty impressive. So, good job there. All right, let's fire up the holy cow, or the holy cow, wow. Holy cow. I know. Let's fire up the can't wait segment here. Can't wait. All right, Chuck. What about this week makes you say, I can't wait? Well, I'm going to pull a U and give a little love to a, a different sporting event. Um, the men's golf team will be playing for the conference championship this upcoming week. So uh, I can't wait to see what they do in this conference championship. You know, what's really cool about that is I didn't realize this, Chuck. The tournament's held in Madison. That uh, Addendale, Addendale, Addendale. Yeah, Addendale. Addendale. So I thought when I first read it, I was like, "Man, we're going to where Frozen took place." You've been watching too many Disney movies. This is. (laughs) I got two kids, man, but uh, it's Annandale Country Club, uh, and it'll be over the next four days. And who's uh, who else are they? um, Who else is playing? I know you got it pulled up there. Uh, yeah, I got pulled up. Let's look here. It's 14-team field. Like, it's the tournament as a whole. So, I think it's just all the all the ones. So, five schools rank in the top 100 via golfstat.com going into it. Uh, Georgia Southern comes in at number 26. We are number 68 in the country. 
Arkansas State 72, Troy 77, and Louisiana Monroe is 99. So, judging by that, we're the second highest ranked team in the conference okay. going into the tournament. So, I would think we got a shot to make some noise here. Nice. So, good luck to those guys. For sure. All right, Ben, what about this next week makes you say you can't wait? Yeah, I can't wait to uh, see baseball back at P. Taylor Park. Um, the, the, road, the road was not friendly to us. Um, we got to get back in front of the home crowd. Um, we do have two midweek games this week, I think. Um, so we'll make a pit stop in Tulane um, before we get LaTeX at home. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see. But uh, I can't wait. Uh, I'm ready to get back to the park, ready to eat a hot dog, maybe some nachos, see what's happening. Walk across Golden the street hands. with me. That's right. Sec- the second <laughs> inning. <laughs> yeah, especially after a work day. I'll, I'll come dressed in, in a button-up, you know, come straight from the office. Yeah, I'll be in a polo and khakis. <laughs> It'll be a good time. So, all right. Very good. Yeah, I can't wait to get back to the peak for sure. And um, I can't wait, guys. I can't wait to see if our pitching staff can get it back you know, get the swag back, so to speak. We we went into this past weekend, guys. I'm just going to say it, and I was going to save some of this for uh, the rundown, and I still will, but um, Coastal was who we thought they were. I mean, there wasn't a, there wasn't a shock there. I told you all going into the game, this is one of the best hitting teams we've seen all year. I said the same thing about Alabama, and they smoked us. You know, they, they smoked our pitching. Um, Coastal going into that game had, I think I counted up six or seven guys with over a thousand OPS. And I told y'all that's, those are elite numbers. Like their offense is crushing it right now. And, you know, we left it off at, well, we trust our pitching staff. Let's see how they handle it. And, you know, you see the scores. We, we got touched up a little bit. So I can't wait to see if we can, uh, get our swag back because this week, it's a different team we're playing this weekend at the Pete. We're not playing Coastal anymore. It's Arkansas State. Uh, I've got their offense pulled up right now. Their numbers are not what Coastal was. Um, they're just not. You know, they they're a Division One baseball program. They're still capable of of hurting you if you don't make your pitches. But you know, when you look at them, it's not like a I don't look at them like I did Coastal going into the week and say, man, our pitching staff has a crazy challenge ahead of them. It's not. This is a different team, so I can't wait to see if our pitching staff can get their swag back. Even in the midweek games, you know, we talked about La Tech last week. Um, they didn't sc- They scored three runs on us. I mean, they didn't demolish our pitching by any means. And even Tulane, I got their stuff pulled up. We'll talk about them more in a minute, but they're not. We don't face a team with an offensive identity like Coastal this week. And we might not play another one with that type of caliber hitters the rest of the season. That was, in my opinion, the greatest offense we're going to play this year. So I can't wait to see if our pitchers can get You know, it's crazy um, that the 10th place team, there's 10 teams that make the tournament, right? The 10th place team and the 2nd place team, there's only two games separating them. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a tight race right Sun now. Sunbelt is infinitely better uh, at baseball for conference standings. 
Infinitely. Infinitely. I mean, the fact that we lost two out of out of three this weekend and RPI went up. I mean, that says that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it was a crazy weekend. Yeah. As a whole in baseball, a Florida lot got of stuff swept. went down. Yeah. Well, yeah. ULL got swept. Mm-hmm. By James, James Madison. Madison. So. Just it, it was a crazy week. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into the rundown here. Beep, beep. There we go. Uh, Chuck, do you want to start with softball or since we're on baseball? Do you uh, want it don't to matter, man. I can going? go ahead and knock out softball and we can. Let's keep let's well, the, keep rolling the, with why, baseball why, since why we're did on you it ask? talking about the weekend. <laughs> because I felt like making you think you had an Lord. But guys, you all know kind of what happened last week. What with happened, us, man? We uh, we got we got beat three. We lost uh, we lost to Louisiana Tech. Which that, man, that loss hurts, man. Because I just there's something about losing to La Tech, man. Especially when we just left the conference, like left Conference USA, to go to the Sun Belt. We're bragging about how awesome our conference is, and then we go get beat by La Tech. So. That was disappointing. Hopefully, we can right the wrong here this week. Uh, but we lost one to three to Louisiana Tech, and then Coastal hung fifteen runs on us on Friday, twenty runs on us on Saturday, and seven on us on Sunday. Their offense was rocking and rolling, man. They were good. Uh, they they were as good as advertised, and. Um, our offense produced two. We scored seven in the first two games and then 15 on Sunday. Just, <coughs> you know, as a whole, they just out-hit us and we couldn't match them. And yeah. that's what happened. Tanner Hall had kind of a strange outing. He he walked seven people. And, man, I've seen him go in three and four game right. stretches where he didn't walk seven people. If you combined them all, he just had a – it was a strange outing. Um, it's just, it was just different. I don't know. So they credit to them, man. They they punished us whenever they had their chances to. And right now, when you look at the Sun Belt standings, Coastal's in first. Um, you know they are on a they're they are thirteen and five in the conference. We're in second still. Right. So the sky's not falling. We talk about this all the time on the show. You know, we get upset over a loss and we come back and we say, guys, we're okay. You know, it's it's it was disappointing. I wanted to sweep them as bad as anybody, but, you know, we're still sitting here in second. Troy's behind us, then ODU, then Louisiana. Louisiana there is a – yeah, there is uh, – Lafayette. Dignabit. There is a five-way tie for third right now behind us. And so, you know, there's just – it's a lot. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the conference. College baseball was kind of crazy this weekend anyway. A lot of upsets. A lot of top 25 teams got beat. And like Chuck said, our RPI actually went up on a losing weekend. So kind of crazy <laughs> Twilight Zone stuff happening. But this week, we got Tulane Tuesday in New Orleans. Uh, that's a 6 p.m. 
starting pitch, and then we have Louisiana Tech on Wednesday, and then we have Arkansas you State. You wonder why we have weekend. two midweek games um, this week. Friday. Anybody know? I don't. I mean, it looks to me like we just scheduled it up to go Louisiana Tech, mm-hmm. you know, home and away, you know, a home and home series, and then we did the same thing with Tulane, and they just – those two just kind of ran into each other. We got Tulane again next week at home. So it looks like we just did a home and home, and they just the two weeks meshed on the same week for whatever reason. But, Tulane's down this year, aren't they, Lane? Yeah, I mean, I got Tulane pulled Tulane? up here. Uh, they, no, this is the first meeting this year. They are twelve and twenty-eight on the season. They're yeah, they're struggling a little bit. They're five and seven overall. Um, so yeah, we'll talk a little bit about Tulane here. As I said, we play next. They they got beat by Cincinnati over the weekend. They didn't get swept. They won Sunday's game or Saturday's game, but they did get beat. Um, but yeah, they are twelve and twenty-eight on the season. Uh, just looking at their team as a whole, batting wise. Um, I'd say probably their best hitter is uh Simon Baumgart, number fourteen. He has a nine eighty seven OPS, um, two seventy one average, nine home runs. He's a team leader in homers. Uh, that's number fourteen. After him, I'd say it's Brady Abair, number seventeen. He has a 920 OPS. He's batting over 300, and he's their only guy in their starting lineup hitting over 300. So they've struggled offensively. As far as pitching goes, whenever you look at their pitching staff, they they use a um, they use a pitcher by committee in midweek games. So um, example, their last two midweek games, their starter only threw one inning, and then they went to the next guy, and every pitcher got about an inning each. So you're going to see a whole just rotation of people on the mound for Tulane. Uh, Louisiana Tech, we played them last week in that game. You know, whenever you look at it, they're start, I'm assuming they're going to come into it starting the same guy. They started Reed Smith. Um, you imagine you're going to see him again too. The story of that game really uh, – you know, Jorge Corona had a big hit. Birchfield homered for them, and Jorge Corona homered. Really, it was Corona and Birchfield were the two for Louisiana Tech that hurt us. So if we can silence those bats and hold them at bay and, and find a way to get to that pitcher earlier this time and put more than one run across the board, we should be fine. And then you go to the weekend. Arkansas State, um, they're pitching – staff's kind of unique uh they got two guys that have started every weekend kyle Car- kyler carmack number two he's pretty good he's got a sub three era his era is 2.49 um doesn't strike out a whole ton of people but he's got a good era and then hunter draper number 18 starts one game a weekend he's got a 6280 era and then after that guys they kind of they kind of use a a pitcher by committee for one of their weekend games. They they've been pretty consistent doing that, kind of like what Tulane's going to do for a midweek. Arkansas State does it for one of their weekend games, and 
you don't really know what day it's going to be. You would think Sunday, and they've done it some Sundays, but like this past week against ULM, they used the pitcher-by-committee approach on Friday and then threw their other two guys on Saturday and Sunday. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to use that and what they're going to do with it. You can bet those other two guys are going to pitch at some point this weekend, then you're going to get one day of just rolling a new pitcher up there every couple innings. <coughs> as far as hitting goes, um, their best hitter by the numbers is Will French, number 10. Um, he's got a 333 average, couple home runs. Uh, their home run leader is Brandon Hager with seven homers, and he's batting over 302. He's hitting 323. They don't they don't leave the yard a ton. Um, so they like I said, this offensive profile isn't quite like what Coastal was. Uh, pitching staff has an opportunity to do well. I'm interested to see how we handle our pitching. Ben, what do you think we do pitching wise, especially with two midweeks? What's your guess? I think we ride the hot hand. Um, I think anybody that's come in that's been able to get some outs has stayed in the game. And I think we'll probably see that again. Um, I think we'll have to go really deep. Um, if the if Tanner and Billy are on, then I think that really helps us out. Um, if they can really limit the walks uh, and eat some innings for us, then I think we'll be in a really good spot. Um, I think – Will Armistead will probably start Sunday again, so we won't see him in the uh, midweeks at all. Uh, probably won't see Nico in the midweeks either, um, unless they come in for just an inning or so. But I think that um, whoever's getting outs will stay in the game, uh, particularly on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I think. Um, so it's exciting. I think we'll see a lot of guys. It'd be nice to see uh, – Who's the Parker kid from uh, Stringer? Jack uh, Parker. Jackson, yeah, Jackson Parker. Um, you know, he came in for an inning on oof, maybe Friday this past weekend. So I think we'll see those guys. Um, he had a I think scoreless we'll, inning. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of I the think, few that have one. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> um, so I, I think we'll see a lot of guys, um, and it'll give us a good chance to get a look at uh, some of the young talent that we've got, um, especially going into the. Uh, rest of the season you know our schedule does lighten up a little bit on the on the weekends the next few weeks which is something that I think we're all thankful for but it'll be it'll be nice to see some of these young kids that we haven't seen much uh, get in there and throw some innings for us yeah yeah I think so too I could see that it'll be interesting to see how we use Armistead because I mean we used him in the midweek and then turned around and used him in the weekend and he just kind of, I don't know, it's like he's good. We've used him, I think, in both of those games. He didn't throw but three or four innings before we pulled him. Let me see. Let me pull it up. Yeah, against Louisiana Tech, threw three innings. Against Coastal, threw three innings. Matter of fact, his last four appearances, he has thrown three innings in each of them. So, yeah, it'll be kinda, interesting if he gets stretched out um, and can really – you know, eat up, you know, 75, 80, 100 pitches, then um, he could be a he could be a good guy down the stretch, particularly in the conference tournament, uh, be somebody we'll oh, probably yeah. look to. Uh, when everybody gets short on arms, you know, we have a guy that can really come in and throw strikes. Um, I think that really separates us from 
the rest of the field. You know what I found was interesting was Nico Maza. You know, he, he kind of got replaced later. But, guys, since he got replaced in the weekend rotation, they ended up starting him out of necessity against James Madison that Sunday. He All he did was throw five innings of one-run ball. Fantastic. And then turned around, and against Coastal, he threw two shutout innings. So, Nico seems to have had a little bit of a revival the past couple of weeks, a little resurgence. Here he might have, he might be finding himself a little bit. That's something I'm looking forward to keeping tabs on. Is one, how do we use him, and two, what's he gonna do? Because he he seems to be turning it around a little bit. Um, yeah, if, if Nico can get right, then I think I think this ball club drastically changes. Um, you know, whether he comes out of the pen or ends up getting a start or two. Um, you know, he's just another guy that, that can go some innings, can eat some innings, can throw that yeah. 75 pitches that we need. So if he's on, um, particularly if we get to some of these lineups that don't bop like we've been running into, um, I think we could really watch him get right. And if he gets right, then I think we got a, I think we got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And uh a couple other notables. So that's the notables on the pitcher side. A couple notables from the past weekend on the offensive side that you guys might have seen. Reese Ewing left the yard twice, hit two home runs. That that brings his uh let's see here, that brings his season total up to let's see, up to three. So he uh he hit two over the weekend. Matthew Etzel. Yeah. Chuck, he was he was going to be tell my tell us about uh, Matthew Wetzel. Go with uh, with Tate Parker. Well, the guy got his first career divisional one home run. Uh, you couldn't be happier for him. Um, not only that, I think he went like three for four today and had a couple of RBI. So, mad mad props. Yeah, you could you could argue that he was our best hitter over the past week. Um, somebody said you know, he, was he be went good, three though. for five. I who it was? Yeah, yeah. He's crept he that average through. up over the last yeah. few weeks. I mean, I think by the time he finished the game, he was at 310 or so. Yeah, he's at 309 currently, yep. And, guys, he uh he went three for five, three for six, one for five over the week. But, I mean, he had a hit in every game, had RBIs in every game. To me, that's the biggest thing. Is he's driving in runs, guys, from the leadoff spot. Um, every single game, including the midweek last week, uh, Etzel has an RBI. Every single one of them. And then, like I said on Sunday and or Saturday and Sunday, he had multi-hit games in both of those. So it's just so, Rod uh, left Sergeant, now without a home run that that starts, you know, a few games. Yeah, you know. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Chris Sargent left the yard. He hit a home run. Um, let's see, Slade Wilkes hit another home run. So he's up to fifteen now. That that, that homer just, that climbs. The homer that Slade hit today is is still going somewhere. I know. I'm kind of nervous. I'm sitting on my porch. I'm nervous it's going to hit me. <laughs> Dude, he sent it into orbit. It was a moonshot. So, it, it, it was definitely in the street and would have certainly been in the church parking lot at Pete Taylor Park. Yeah. yeah. And 
you know, did he hit that on that closer? Or no, he had the base hit that drove in the run on the closer, I think. But um, guys, you know, over the past week, at one point going into Sunday's game, guys, we were 0-3 on the week. Wasn't a fun week. Got hit in the mouth a little bit, but – like we said, man, just keep fighting and clawing and finding a way, and they did, and they found a way to pull out Sunday's win. Wish we could have won the series, but pulled out Sunday's win. We're still in the thick of things. Still got a shot. Still got a shot to to do something special here. We need a little bit of help from somebody now, but we still got a chance to be regular season champions and still got a chance to get a really high seed come tournament time. So got to get hot here at the right time, though. And that's the rundown on baseball. Chuck, Ben, anything y'all want to add to baseball? No, man, I think he covered it for me. Yeah, that's great work there, Lane. I try, Ben. I try. Chuck, catch us up in Well, unfortunately, um, softball kind of had the same week that uh, the Golden Eagle baseball team had. Um, they did not have a midweek game. In fact, they don't have midweek the rest of the season. They have six games left, um, but they uh, lost to Coastal Carolina Friday and Coastal Carolina Saturday, but came back and won today to avoid the sweep. So they are four and eleven conference four and something. Yeah, something like that. Um, Paige Kilgore did phenomenal. Uh, Morgan Linestock, Maria Smith who I've praised a few times, um, fast, fast girl, had a couple of solo bases. Um, so, you know, I, I think with Kilgore maturing and uh, all these Lady Eagles getting some experience, I think next year is going to be a whole different song. Yeah, Chuck, I, I think, you know, the season hadn't gone the way the ladies want it to, obviously, but – I do think the thing to keep in mind is a lot of these pieces will be back and it's a lot to build on, you know, just like with the guys team, we talked about the having grit and, and, and getting after it and trying to find a way to scrap back and win that last game. It's hard to win a game three when you're down 0-2. It's hard. It's hard to get up for that. Um and so, Coastal, uh, and, and, you know, we, we pulled out game three. We got the win. That's big. It shows that they still got some fight in them to me. And so, um, good job on that end. And uh, on the weekend, a name worth mentioning, and Chuck already, I think, mentioned that she did this, but she Hannah Borden hit a homer, and that puts her at six. So now you got a tie for the lead on team home runs here between Hannah and Natalie Taylor, both with six. So, like you said, Chuck, a lot to build off of. You know, hopefully they keep their heads up here and and keep it rolling. So you know, try to try to end on a good note and get a ready lot to, to end, uh, a lot to build on. And something else I want to throw out here, guys. Meant to put this on our uh, rundown for baseball, but I'm going to put it right here. Speaking of fighting and clawing back to win a game three, okay, on Sundays, that has been, this season, has been probably our best day. 
we are the Lord's baseball team, Ben, because we perform on Sunday better than just about anybody. Uh, this, our stat guy, Marty Windham, sent me this earlier today. A couple things to keep in mind here. He posed, if you don't follow Southern Miss stats and info, you're missing out on some pretty interesting stats here. Marty posts some good stuff here. Um, we are hitting three three twenty two on game three. Like so, of all the of all the game threes we've had this season, all the Sunday games, the game threes we've had all year, uh, we've had ten of them. We're hitting three twenty two in game three. We've had 18 of the 44 team home runs on game three. Uh, we've had back-to-back game threes with season highs and runs, which is now up to 15, and home runs, which is up to four. Um, yeah, we, uh, we scored 15 runs our last two game threes. And, guys, I don't know. If you, if you come to a game three, if you come to Sunday's game, I'm just saying the the numbers speak and say that we are the Lord's baseball team and we play best on Sundays. Amen, bro. Amen, preacher. So I thought those were really interesting stats. Thanks to Marty for sending that in to us. Um, you know, like we said, just claw, keep clawing, keep fighting. Both men and women's teams here. The men are still in the thick of things. The women are trying to find something, I think, to build off of for next year. Uh, or for the off season at least, and we saw both of our teams show that Southern Miss grit we've been talking about and pull out a game three win in both games, and that's hard to do when you've been kicked in the face a couple times over the weekend. No, you're right. I mean, seeing seeing those guys, uh, you know, you you could see some frustrations with Sergeant and uh, Danny and and Dustin. You know, the the older guys on the team. Um, I even think one time Sergeant, you know, kind of motioned to Peto when uh, he had that little mishap in outfield. Like, what are you doing? Um, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And I think the guys are are for sure, um, I'm trying to think of a better way to put it, are for sure encouraging their younger players to, to step up and then not give up when it's hard. Yeah, I think so too. Well, Ben, is there anything else you'd like to discuss tonight? I think you guys have pretty much covered it. Um, I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, this has been a blast. Um, happy, happy to do it. Uh, I think you guys are doing a good thing here. Um, and the only thing I'll say is that uh, games at – there is no better feeling than wins at P. Taylor Park. And so let's get back to the house. Let's get some wins under our belt. And let's go take this thing home. With some nachos, right, man? And a hot dog. Nachos and a hot dog. There you go. The man has spoken, people. And the girls play South Alabama um, in South Alabama this weekend, but then next week they're at home, so go check them out because I think the guys are gone that weekend. All right. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you so much, Ben. Thank you, King Brady, a.k.a. Lil' Deb. Um, uh, real quick before we sign off, um, I didn't ask for permission to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I have seniority and that's just how it is. Um, last week was, uh, what we call volunteer appreciation week. 
um, and Pate is our volunteer coordinator. He's not a volunteer. He gets paid to organize volunteers to help meet our patients' needs. Um, and so we did not do it last week, and that was 100% on me. But I wanted to say thank you to Pate because he puts forth a lot of effort there, and he works harder than Lane and I ever do on this podcast you know he's up to two o'clock in the morning editing and making graphics and and things like that uh the thing you hear is not the thing we record uh right lane would you agree with that so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah pate has to fix a lot of stuff i do absolutely every week and uh pate got it's a yeah it's a ride it is a ride. come on and be a guest and you'll see you will it's see a, it's a ven- yes. it's an adventure all right, right. And Pate got the uh, great opportunity to interview uh, Miss May with the uh, Pink Ribbon Fund. So if you have not listened to that, um, go check it out. Pate, you could have warned me that you talked about Caitlin on there. I got a little choked up, but uh, that was a really good episode. And, you know, obviously we want to support anything Southern Miss does, but especially when Southern Miss is supporting such a great cause like the Pink Ribbon Fund. Um, so, Go check it out and see what we have to offer. Yeah, Pate spearheaded that and did yeah. a great job with Phenomenal it, as he job. always does. Absolutely. So. Thank you, Pate. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. And actually, this weekend is the Pack the Pete in Pink event coming Look up. There. So make sure that you all go out there and uh, support the Pink Ribbon Fund. Um, did you get our shirts? Christy said we got shirts. So. All right. Good times. Yes. So, awesome. yes, but make sure you go out and support the team this yes. weekend. And wear make pink. Sure, wait, wear your pink. They will have t-shirts available. Um, right. Check out last week's episode for more information about that. And we'll hope to see you there. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you, Ben. Thank you, Brady. Thank you, Pate, for making us sound and look good. And again, thank you listeners, because... We couldn't do any of this without y'all. We don't. We love our voices, but we don't want to get on here and just hear ourselves talk. Um, so go follow, go subscribe, go like, go share with a friend. Um, let us know how we can help y'all on the Everyday Eagle podcast. And until next time, Southern Miss, to the top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.